Back with more of the Employment Hour. The number anytime. Get a hold of Lior, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. We're going to talk about termination. We'll talk about your severance rights, your workplace rights, harassment, everything. And uh, we get a ton of emails every show as well. When we get to some of those, uh, again, we'll uh, we'll get to those as we uh, we'll plow through the show here. How never to be fired for cause in just a bit. That will be the topic for the show this hour. But, Lior, we always start with the week that was. What is happening? John, I really had a great week. A lot of people uh, that I've had the opportunity to speak to, it's, uh, it's been a, privil- a privilege and a pleasure to, to do that. And I, I'm so happy and I encourage people to call me, to, to ask questions. There's really no such thing as bad questions. I find that a lot of people are concerned that maybe that's, it's a bad question and maybe they shouldn't be asking it. Nonsense. There's no bad questions. I get them all. I've been getting them all for 15 years. I'm, I've heard all those questions. Yeah. I'm happy to answer them. No problem. And if you're struggling with your workplace, right, well, stay tuned. We're going to talk about a lot of important things on this show as we do every single time we're on the air and of course you may want to ask some questions about your specific matter things that maybe we didn't cover or things that uh, you know raised additional questions in your mind we'll give you plenty of opportunities to reach out to me we'll give you my contact information call me email me uh, file online forms whatever you need but let's talk don't sit on your rights don't uh, suffer if you're going through a problem in the workplace there's solutions the law is quite good and I'm here to help and I always like to start off with a couple of matters that came across my desk over the past few days because because there's, uh, there's important lessons uh, there to be learned mm-hmm. by, our, by our listeners. So first matter I'll tell you about involved a, a company that let go of a, a number of people. It was about 14 or 15 people that they let go. It was actually made it to the news, but I'm not going to mention the company name. And the company used a formula uh, in terms of severance. They paid everyone three weeks per year of service. And it was consistent. doesn't matter if you worked it for a year or for 30 years. They, they paid three weeks. Now, uh, most people then, when they saw that, they said, okay, well, they're consistent. It sounds right. So most people accepted it. And and virtually, I think, as far as I'm aware, everyone except one person accepted it. Now, one person called me, and he had been there for 10 years, so he was offered 30 weeks of severance. And he wanted to know, is this right? Everyone got three weeks per year, myself included. It sounds right, but I wanted to check with you, Lior, because I heard you on on the radio. Smart. Absolutely. Well, John, nonsense. It wasn't right. It wasn't even close. He was owed at least a year's pay. That's an additional uh, three months uh, and potentially more than that over and above what he was offered. So not only that, for most of the people, and I I, I talked to him about some of his friends and colleagues that accepted severance, Mm -hmm. three weeks per year for them was a terrible deal, was a horrible deal. They were owed a lot more than that. He had a friend that was there for a couple of years. He was offered six weeks pay. He probably should have gotten six months pay. Right. So I, I wanted to bring this up here because a lot of people think that as long as the company is consistent when they're letting people go, they're offering everyone kind of the same, it's fine. It's not fine. It's ridiculous. Your entitlements are not going to be the same as your neighbor across the hall. Your entitlements are based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. It doesn't matter what your friend got. It doesn't matter what the company uses as a formula. The law decides what severance you're getting. So this person, one out of 15, yeah, I'm going to help him get the severance that he's owed. But he has 14 other colleagues all of whom got a lot less than what they're owed. And unfortunately for them, because they've accepted that severance package, it's, it's too late. So I wanted to bring this up right here on the Employment Hour because I, I don't want you, if you're listening to us, your friends, your family, if you can tell them, 
if they lose their job, doesn't matter if they're one of uh, 1,500 or, or the only ones being let go, they have to decide, they have to assess their own individual termination entitlements. It doesn't matter what anyone else got. And please don't assume that the company knows what it's doing or that it's complying, John, with its legal obligations. one 855 is that number. Help at employmenthour.com. What else you got going on? I spoke with a, a lady who had been off work for about a year, a year and a half actually almost, uh, because of a, a medical condition. She was off on a disability leave receiving LTD benefits. Well, she was getting uh, closer to um, the two-year mark. She's been there for about a year and a half and getting closer to, to being off for two years. And yep. she got a letter from the insurance company saying, we're planning on cutting Cut you, you off. off. Yeah, cutting you off when you hit that two-year mark. And sure enough, that this was followed by a letter promptly from her employer saying, well, we expect you to come back yeah. uh, as soon as you're cut off. And if you don't come back, we'll consider you to have resigned. Now, this was all horrible news for her because as far as she was concerned, she was still unable to work. She hadn't really been getting better like she would have hoped. She was still under doctor's care and her doctor was still telling her, you can't work. So on the one hand, the insurance company is threatening to cut her off. On the other hand, the, the company is saying, we're going to fire you. We're going to consider you to have resigned unless you come back. So here's how this works. Insurance companies, as, as you know, John, are in the business of cutting people off coverage if possible. So it doesn't matter what the insurance company wants to do. If your doctor says you can't work, you cannot work. So I'm going to help her and my team, are, we're going to help her in dealing with the insurance company so they don't cut her off or that they compensate her. But beyond that, the fact that the insurance company may or may not cut you off does not mean that the company can require you to come back to work. You can be off work whether you're on disability or not. As long as a doctor says you cannot work, then you cannot work. We'll talk about that more later on the show again today. So that's what I told her. As long as her doctor supports her and her doctor does support her in this case, she can be off work. And the employer, if the employer tries to treat that as a resignation, not only do they owe severance, it will be a human rights violation. So you have a right to get better if you're sick. The insurance company shouldn't uh, interfere. Your company shouldn't stand in the way. And if either of those things happen, give me a call. And I think it's important to uh, to let people know that the other half of Sanfiru to market is Savant to market. He handles the whole insurance and injury law part. So you guys can do both because they overlap sometimes, you know, when you're off work and your employment all the time. That's why you guys are the one-two punch, right? I, I am the better-looking half. Well, but, yeah. yeah no, <laughs> but beyond taller, that, yeah. the taller, better-looking half. But beyond that, uh, it's true. We work together because oftentimes those issues come up. Issues with the long-term disability insurance company, issues with the employer. So we have to tag team, so to speak, and make sure that we deal with both aspects of this situation. So again, if you're in that situation, employment, disability, both, we got you covered. 1-855-821-5900 is that number. Again, help at employmenthour.com. And if you're wondering what your severance should be, if you got left, go, whether you're by yourself or part of 15 people, severancepaycalculator.com as well. Lots more of the Employment Hour is coming right up right here on Global News Radio. 1-855-821-5900, help at employmenthour.com. You want to find out what the correct severance amount should be? Very simple. You can use it uh, with your iPad, your tablet, desktop, your phone, severancepaycalculator.com as well. Important topic today, brother, and that is we're talking about how never to be fired for cause. This is handy. You don't want to be fired for cause because then there's uh, then there's no severance and you don't want that either. So it's uh, it's pretty important. First of all, uh, just define what uh, what termination for cause is. You're right, John. You do not want to be fired for cause. Being fired for causes, it's the death penalty right. of the employment relationship. It's the worst punishment for the worst offender. So a termination for cause happens when an employee is guilty of very serious and significant misconduct. The employee did something that's so bad that it's impossible to continue employing them anymore. 
Now, that's reserved for the worst offenders. And the fact that you may have done something wrong does not mean that you can be fired for cause. But if you did do something that's bad enough and you are let go for cause, well, that's significant. Number one, you don't get severance. That's bad enough because that could be tens of thousands of dollars in severance that you're not going to get. But beyond that is how are you going to explain to a new job, a new employer, why you left the previous company? You say, I I was fired for cause. Guess what? No one's going to hire you. So you're being fired for cause. Not only does it mean you lose money, you lose severance. It may mean you can't find another job, which is even that much worse. So we want to talk about situations where you can either eliminate or, or significantly minimize the likelihood of being fired for cause uh, and, and being av- and, uh, completely avoiding this terrible scenario. You know, the first one on this list I find interesting because I, 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 I can't even count, including myself, who, anybody who's done this that I know has a working relationship or holds down a job. And the first one you put here is get copies of the company's policies and employee handbook. Nobody does that. That's right. Nobody does it, yeah. but people should do it. Right. Most companies have policies have handbooks, manuals, things that outline their their uh, expectations from their employees. Sometimes they could be hard copy. Sometimes they could be on a computer system somewhere. Take them, read them, and understand them. You want to know what the policies are. You know, are there specific things you need to, to do to follow their practices in terms of, I don't know, expenses, in terms of asking for time off, in terms of logging your hours, whatever it is. Understand the policies so that you can comply with them, so that the company uh, doesn't punish you because you didn't know you were supposed to do right. something. Have that information. Usually it's outlined in very clear language. The company should have no problem giving it to you. Uh, most companies have them. The, the companies, frankly, should be giving them out to people. But in my, my experience, most companies are delinquent in doing that. Ask for them as soon as you start, or even if you've already been working for 20 years. Get a copy, read them so that you understand it. Avoid putting yourself in a situation where you've done something wrong simply because you didn't know any better. one 821 5900 is the number anytime. Get a hold of Lior, member of his team at the firm, help at employmenthour.com. We are talking about how never to get fired for cause. The next one, another big one, document, document, document. That means all, not just three. Like just <laughs> the, document everything you do and say, especially with your boss, right? Yes. Anytime something happens that you want to have a record of, documented. Right. That may mean as simple as having some sort of a, a journal or you write things down. It Probably the better way is to send emails confirming what happened. So your boss said something and you're like, oh, you know, I wish there was a record of this so that we're on the same page. Well, email your boss saying, I confirm our discussion today where you told me X, Y, and Z. Document that. If there's any uh, concerns that, were, that you brought up to the company, any concerns that they brought up to you, document that. You want to avoid down the road situation where it's a he said, she said situation. If you want to avoid being let go for cause legally, if you want to avoid a situation where the company can say you did things when you didn't really do them, document things. Mm -hmm. Always, always keep track, keep records. I know it sounds like a bit of a pain in the butt. I know it, it, it may take some time to do, but it's important to do. If you do that, if you properly document things that have to be documented, it's going to be almost impossible to let you go for cause. It's certainly going to be impossible to accuse you of things that never happened or, or, or to try to say that thing happened, things happened when they did not happen. Always document everything that needs to be documented. Or promises made, right? You said you would give me this if I worked this map. I don't remember that conversation. If you don't have any evidence of it, you're done. It, you're done. Exactly. Right. The, the, the written words, uh, word, uh, word always trumps the verbal one. So if you have a proof of something, and, and it could be as simple as a confirming email, that's right. it. Uh, confirming you told me that if I meet this target, you're going to give me a pay raise. Confirming whatever it is. You do that. You send that. No one can deny it. And it's going to make it make your job more secure and, and your life a lot easier. 
How not to get fired for cause. This is important stuff here. Some of it seems obvious, but it's it's worth mentioning and doing an entire show on for sure. The next one on the list is don't just accept unfair discipline. Yeah, and, and this kind of ties into what we said before. If you've been disciplined, if your employer says you've done something wrong, so we're going to punish you. And if you don't agree with it, you have to say so. You can't just be silent because silence is the same as acceptance. Right. So if you've been disciplined, oftentimes that's one step towards a termination for cause. Well, don't make that easier for the company. Don't accept it. Don't take that step towards a termination for cause unless it's legitimate. Now, if it's legitimate discipline because you did do something wrong, then that's fine. But if you don't agree with it, or maybe that's not the entire story, you did something wrong, but there's mitigating circumstances or someone else was also involved, it's not just you. Put that in writing. Send an email saying, here's what actually happened, employer. You need to have that on the record. If you put that on the record, it's going to be much, much more difficult to use that down the road as grounds to let you go for cause. Silence is the same as acceptance. You may think, I don't want to rattle the cage, so I'm going to not say anything if I I don't agree with it. That's the worst thing that you can do. It's okay to say you don't agree. You can still be respectful, and you should be respectful in saying that, but never agree with something that you don't agree with. You know, it's funny. Your first point on that one, I think, is a really important one where you might think it just be it might be a one-off that they're sending you. They may be in the background trying to build something, build something, and you don't even know they're doing it, and then it's going to be too late. You get three or four or five of those, and all of a sudden it might be caused. Yes, exactly. So the first thing you got is a warning, and then all of a sudden you get another warning, and then right. maybe a suspension, and before you know it, they're saying, now we're terminating you for cause. Well, wait a second. If that first one was not legitimate to begin with, but you didn't tell them, well, that's, there's a wasted opportunity. Now right. you've made it easier for the company to let you go for cause. So if they're building something, do your best to destroy whatever it is they're building if it's not proper, if it's not right. Say you disagree. Remember the equation. Silence equals acceptance. one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com is the email. And again, check it out anytime you want to. You need to. Severance Pay Calculator com as well. Lots more employment hour coming right up right here on Global News Radio. one 821 5900 is the number. Keep that with you. Get a hold of Lior anytime. Member of his team as well. When you have employment matters, workplace matters, that is the number to call. Help at employmenthour.com works just as well. We are talking about how never to be fired for cause. The next one on our list as we uh, work our way through this hour is don't just accept performance improvement plans. Yeah, and this is directly related to what we were saying before about not accepting improper and unjustified discipline. If your employer puts you on a performance improvement plan, that could be another step towards a possible future termination for cause. So if they say you did something wrong or that your performance was lacking, you didn't meet targets, if you don't say anything about it, it's the same as accepting it. It's the same as agreeing that you didn't. So if they say you didn't meet targets, but there's reasons, maybe uh, the economy is bad or maybe they took away the resources you need to meet the targets, say so. Make it clear that it's not that you're not working hard. It's not that you're not doing your best. There's other circumstances. If you don't think the performance improvement plan is justified, if it's for good reason, it's for something that you agree with, you have to say so and say so in writing because otherwise you're now taking a step or helping the company take a step towards a termination for cause. As I said before, silence is acceptance. Don't accept a performance improvement plan if it's not legitimate, if it's not right, if it's not something you can agree to, or even if you agree with some of it but not some, yeah. some other parts of it, say so. Put that in writing, be respectful, 
but always, always put that in writing. Lessons to be learned here on how not to get let go for cause. Another one is, and you see this sometimes in a workplace, that is if something goes wrong, you don't freak out and just, uh, okay, I'm going on sick leave. Yeah. Try to avoid it. So maybe something went wrong. Maybe you did do something wrong, or maybe you think that your employer is going to discipline you or give you a hard time or put you on a performance improvement plan. Well, I've seen many situations where the reaction is, I'm going to just go on a leave. I can't yeah. deal with this. Well, if it's one thing if it's legitimate. If you have a, a legitimate medical reason why you have to be off, that's fine. Absolutely. If your doctor supports you, go off on leave. But if you're doing that to, to try to kind of avoid the problem, not only you're not avoiding it, you're actually potentially going to send a message to the company that you're not reliable. You may actually oh. play into their decision to let you go for cause. So that's not a good strategy. Don't go off on a medical leave unless it's legitimate. Don't go out there to avoid a problem. You're going to be not avoiding. You're going to be creating a bigger problem. Medical leave should only be done when there's a legitimate medical concern that makes you unable to go to work. It should not be used strategically. Next point on how to uh, never be fired for cause, avoid that whole scenario, is use common sense and admit when you screw up. Yes. So, you know, the, probably the best point I'll make or the, the most important one about not being let go for causes, don't give the company reason to fire you for cause. Use common sense. Don't do things that you know your employer is going to be upset about. Don't do things that your employer is going to clearly going to you know freak out about. That's a very bad idea. Uh, you know, Play by the rules. Stay within the lines. Do what you're supposed to. And, and you know what? We all screw up. People yeah. do screw up. I don't, but most people do screw <laughs> up. And if that happens, say so. Make it clear to the company that, you know, I made a mistake, I got it, not going to happen again. One of the worst things you can do is if you make a mistake, try to justify it or try to pretend like it never happened. That's when you may su- suggest to the company that you're not reliable. So be reliable. Tell them if you made a mistake. You don't have to make a big deal out of it. But if you made a mistake, fess up to it. It's going to make it much more difficult for the company to let you go for cause. Uh, you know, I, I don't want people to make a mistake and then try to hide it and bury it under the rug, so to speak, because when that comes out, now not only did you make a mistake, now you're potentially a liar as well. It's getting ugly. Now it's yeah. trying to look more like cause. Yeah. Don't let that happen. one 821 5900 The number, by the way, anytime, help at employmenthour.com. And we'll get to one more point here on this topic of how never to be fired for cause. This one's the important one. We say to for last, if you are fired for cause, it's not too late to undo it. Absolutely. Now, despite everything I just said, most of the time when an employer lets someone go for cause, they've pulled the trigger before they should. So you may have done something wrong, or maybe you didn't, but the company treats that as, as cause. That's premature. That's wrongful dismissal. So if the company lets you go for cause and they shouldn't, and that's what happens in most cases, call me. Let's talk about that. Because if I can show, and I will be able to show to the company that that's not cause, Not only can I get you severance, I can also make it as if that termination for cause never happened. I can get your record of employment reissued. I can get your letter of reference so that when you go looking for another job, you don't have to tell the company that you're interviewing with that you were let go for cause. Call me most of the time when I speak with people about cause terminations. My conclusion is that's not cause. It doesn't rise to the level. You're owed full severance. You should not have been blackballed. You should not have gotten a negative record of employment. So if that happens to you, Call me. Let's fix that problem. I want to talk about uh, medical leaves here in just a bit, but I wanted to bounce over an email we just got. Uh, again, help at employmenthour.com is that email address. Chuck says, I was let go from my job and was told that it was for financial reasons. The company just posted their fiscal results. They had an, an excellent year, an awesome year. What gives? Actually, he said, what can I do? I put in what gives because I'm all street. <laughs> but uh, what can I do? So, so what does he do? 
Sorry, John is street. If you know John Scores, yeah. you know he's not street. I'm way off the street. Yeah, no, no, no street whatsoever. Uh, but uh, no, in, in seriousness, this happens often. And when a company gives a reason for letting you go and you find out later that that really wasn't legitimate. Now, that's not a, a, a good thing to do. It's not a professional or yeah. ethical thing to do. But strictly speaking, from a legal standpoint, they don't really have to get a re- give a reason or the right reason as long as the company pays severance. So if they told Chuck it's restructuring, but there's really a different reason, maybe the boss wanted to hire his brother, and that's why he it let happens. Chuck go, it happens, mm-hmm. then you know what? That, that that makes the boss not a very nice person, but it's still legal. It is legal as long as the boss pays proper severance. So Chuck really has to concern himself with the issue of severance. Did he get proper severance? Now, I don't know anything about what he was offered, but I, I can make a very, very educated guess that he was offered a lot less than what he's owed because most people are. Yep. So he should call me. He should go to severancepaycalculator.com to find out what's he, what he's owed. I know he's upset that the company lied about the reason. Nothing can be done about that, but we better, uh, we're absolutely going to be able to get him better severance here. So that's what he needs to focus on. Chuck, that number, one 821 5900 And you know the email address already. In the meantime, you can check out severancepaycalculator.com before you contact Lior and find out really what you wrote because it's going to be a different number than that uh, piece of paper sitting in front of you for sure. We'll get to more of the employment hour coming up. We will talk about medical leaves and get to more of your emails as well right here on Global News Radio. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. Help at employmenthour.com as well. I want to talk a little bit about uh, medical leave. So uh, as far as going on a medical leave, when can an employee do so? You know, I, I touched on this earlier on the show during the week there was, but this is extremely important. Yep. A lot of employers and employees get this wrong. So it's not complicated to go on a medical leave. It, it, it's not something that uh, it's particularly onerous. All you need to do in order to be off on a medical leave, to be off work, is to have a doctor saying that you cannot work. It's as simple as that. Now, that letter doesn't have to be a long letter. It doesn't have to be typed. It can be handwritten in, in, in two lines. That's fine. But as long as the doctor says you cannot work, that means you have the right to be off work. Now, that could be for a day. That could be for longer. That could be for a month or a year. And the company can't punish you. The company can't disagree with it. You have to have a doctor supporting you. Now, it's not enough for you to say, I am unable to work. I hurt my back. I hurt my leg. A doctor needs to back you up. If you don't have a family doctor, you can go to a walking clinic. But you need a medical doctor to say that as soon as you have that. The company then doesn't have the option to, to do anything. They have to allow you that time off. Go to your doctor, speak to the doctor. If the doctor agrees, provide a note to your employer, John, and that's all you need. Does it make a difference if your employer doesn't have either a short-term or long-term disability plan? Yeah, so many employers, I would think most employers by now, have a a short-term or long-term disability plan that allows the employee to get paid by an insurance company while they're off work. And that's great and that's valuable. It could potentially pay someone if they can't work till the age of 65. But not all employers have that. Mm -hmm. Some employers don't have those plans. They're expensive and some employers choose not to have them. That does not change the fact that you can be off work. Now, that may mean you're not going to get paid by the insurance company because there's no insurance company, but you can still be off for the same period of time. Maybe it's a day, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a year, maybe longer. Uh, and you can be off work and you can apply for various benefits through the government. You can apply to EI sickness benefits. You could potentially apply to uh, the Canada Pension Plan disability benefits. Uh, and, and you can qualify for those. But the fact that the company does not have a disability plan does not mean you can't be off on a disability. You can be off as long as the doctor supports you. The company can't be upset. They can't penalize you. They can't do anything to you uh, as long as the doctor supports you. Well, that was kind of the next question. How long can that leave uh, last? 
And, you know, some people may think, well, there's a cap on it. And a lot of employers believe there's a cap on it. There is no cap on it. You can be off as long as a doctor supports you, as long as a doctor says you cannot work. For some people, that could be very short. For some people, that means that could be uh, months or even years. There's been many cases, many, many of them, where an employee is off for years, then gets better, comes back to work, and the employer still takes them back because they're still employees. There's no limit on this. Now, there are situations where the absence becomes too long and there's no likelihood to ever come back to work, and we'll talk about that. But generally speaking, as long as you're trying to get better and you are getting better and working towards going back to work, working towards being in a position to be able to resume your employment, you're still an employee, you're still off work, and your employer can't punish you, can't impose an arbitrary deadline, can't say that you've resigned, can't say that you've quit, none of that. If that happens, not only is that a wrongful dismissal, it's potentially a human rights violation, it's completely illegal. When you're sick, you have a right to stay home to, for as long as needed to get better so that at some point you can get back to work. one 821 5900 is the number. Help at employmenthour.com as well. So uh, what does someone do if they're denied payment by the LTD insurer? Assuming they, they have that in yeah. their benefits, right? And, and a lot of times uh, insurance companies either will deny uh, benefits to begin with or cut the person off before they're actually ready to come back to work. And, you know, it, it happens and, and some insur- insurance companies are better than others and, and more understanding than others. If your insurance company denies your claim or if they cut you off before your doctor says you're ready to return to work, call me. Let's talk about that. Oftentimes, all that's needed is to give the insurance company a bit of a kick in the pants and and, and they'll either back off or they'll pay the employee compensation. So please don't ever assume that just because you've been denied that uh, you can't do anything about it, what you shouldn't do because it's a waste of time don't file for the internal appeal that oh, the insurance company has. Endless. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of resources. It's not going to work because you're appealing to the same people that already denied you. Call me. Let's. I connect you with Savannah to Mark and one of our insurance lawyers. We'll we'll take care of it. We'll deal with the insurance company. And guess what? Those issues, John, are not difficult to resolve. You know, it's funny you mentioned the uh, the appeal, and we talked about this with Savannah all the time, that if you keep appealing another, another, once they go past the two-year mark from the day you were cut off, there's no more appeals, and your clock has run out. Your clock has run out, and in the meantime, you're not getting That's paid right. by the insurance company. It's a waste of time. It doesn't work. It, it, there's really no point appealing internally. Oftentimes, a letter from us is always needed. If we need to f- start formal legal proceedings, we can do that. Either way, it's easy to resolve once you get us involved because the insurance company at that point says, aha, now they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now we can't get away with anything. Now we have to pay up. Can the employer or insurance company start applying pressure? And I'm sure they do. Can they? Or, or what do you do if that happens to get back to work? So obviously the insurance company is in the business of getting you off their payroll. Saving money. Sure. Saving money. So they're going to say, well, no, no, we want you to go back to work. You have to go back to work. And an employer may say, well, wait a second. You have to come back to work or else. No, you can't do that. Neither of them should do that because you only have one job while you're off sick, and that is to follow your doctor's advice, to follow your doctor's treatment so that you can get better. Not on their timeline, not on the company's Mm -hmm. timeline or the insurance company's timeline, on your and your doctor's timeline. So if your insurance company puts pressure on you, that's improper. Definitely, if your employer puts pressure on you, it's completely improper. That could be in itself a human rights violation. Let me get them off your back. Let me make sure that you have the time you need to get better. They can't, shouldn't, under any circumstances, put pressure on you to get back to work before you're ready. 
1-855-821-5900 is the number to use. It is help at employmenthour.com. And if you're wondering when it comes to severance, what that should be, severancepaycalculator.com as well. More Employment Hour is on the way. This is Global News Radio. 1-855-821-5900, the number help at employmenthour.com is the email to use to get a hold of Savan, member of his team, or Lior. I don't know why I mentioned Savan there as well. I put, him, I put him number one. Who cares about him? Because we're talking about insurance, that's why. Uh, next question on this one, and I know this uh, this is a question you get all the time, Savan does too. Uh, can an employer require an employee to see an independent doctor, maybe their doctor of their choosing? First of all, stop saying Savan, okay? <laughs> it's getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> No, but but you, I do see this in all seriousness where an an employer is so trying to get an employee back or or to prove that the employee is not as sick as they're saying that they want the employee to see another doctor, mm-hmm. a doctor paid for by the employer. Well, first of all, an employer does not have a right to require that. As long as your doctor, your doctor, is clear about what you need, what you we don't need, how long you're going to be off work, what what uh, uh, the prospect of, of return is, then that's all that's needed. Your employer can't say, well, we don't like what your doctor said. We want another doctor. Yep. So you absolutely, if you're in that situation, you absolutely can say thanks, but no thanks. I'm fine with my doctor. I don't want to see another doctor. And your employer can't make you, can penalize you can treat your employment as terminated or, or, or treat you as having resigned. Under no circumstances should they do that, and you should say no. And, and you know, generally speaking, if your employer is hiring a doctor to give an opinion, it's more likely that that doctor is going to give an opinion that's that's favorable to the company. Don't do not do that. Follow your own doctor's advice, and that's that. So if you got an employee that's like, you know what, I'm, I'm feeling better. Maybe I'm 50% there. I'd like to return to work. I'm going to try to get back to work as long as my doctor okays it. Um Modified duties or hours, is that something they have to do? Because he might need that, right? Or they might need that. So here's where the doctor comes in. Again, if you can go back to work, but maybe not to the same way you were doing your job before, you need some help, you need some accommodation, modified duties, maybe modified hours, maybe some support and help in the workplace. Get your doctor to say that and be as specific as possible. So this employee should not be lifting more than 30 pounds or they shouldn't be standing for more than an hour or they should be working uh, at a desk, whatever it is, okay? If your doctor says that, the employer then has a duty to accommodate. They have to find a way to make that happen if at all possible. So that may mean making some changes, changing your hours, giving you flexibility, maybe allowing you to work sometime from home, whatever it is. There's no finite list of possibilities that the company has to uh, look at. Now, uh, at some point, accommodation may become too difficult. If it's going to cost the company a a lot of money, if it's going to be extremely difficult to do, well, at some point, the company is not going to have to go there. But that's a high standard. In 99% of cases, the company has a duty to accommodate. And if the company refuses, if they say, no, you can come back to your job, but we're not going to do anything else for you because you know maybe it's going to be unfair to the other employees. That's a human rights violation. It's not up for them or to them to say that. Call me if that happens. Let me give them a kick in the pants because the company has a very strict duty to accommodate any medical restrictions that you have. 1-855-821-5900 is the number that Lior speaks of. So you got an employee, they're on a medical leave, and uh, oh, they were just let go. Then what happens? Well, first of all, if if you've been let go, we want to find out why you were let go. Does it have anything to do with your medical condition or your medical leave. Because if it has anything to do with your medical leave, that's illegal. That's a human rights violation. You cannot be let go because of your medical condition. You cannot be let go because you're on a disability leave. That's illegal. 
Now, if you've been let go for legitimate reasons, maybe the whole department shut down and you were part of that department and you were let go, you just so happened to be off on a disability right. leave, then the termination itself is legal, but you're still owed severance. So if you're let go and you're off on a disability, you haven't been at work, let's say, for a year and a half, whatever it is, you still get your severance. Not only do you get severance, if you're still sick, if you're still uh, on a disability, you may get more severance, enhanced severance, because it's going to take you longer to find another job because you're, you're still you're not, off. You're, you're off, you're still right. not healthy. So not only does, do people not at work get severance, they get potentially more severance, enhanced severance. That much more important, John, to give me a call if that happens. You know, it's this email that just came in from Andrea while you were talking there, and it's it's along those same lines. I want to read it to you. By the way, helpandemploymenthour.com is that email address. Andrea says, I was off work for eight months because of cancer treatment, and when I contacted my employer about coming back to work, uh, I was told that the only job available, entry-level position with a 20% Pay cut. What can I do? Well, the first question is, is this legitimate? Is there a job for her that she could do that's similar to what she had before and they just don't want to give it to her? Or is there really no job now that she's been off for that long? That's the first thing I'd want to know. And we try to find that out because if there is a job, they just don't want to give it to her. That's a human rights violation. That's illegal. The, the, the law is going to come down very hard on the employer in that situation. But let's assume it is legitimate and the only job is a lower level position with a pay cut. Well, no, she doesn't have to accept it. At that point, it becomes a constructive dismissal. Our regular listeners know what that is. A constructive dismissal is a situation where the terms of employment have been changed in a significant way, and now she has the right to treat that as a termination and get her full severance. So it doesn't matter what the reason why the company is giving you a lesser position. Let's assume it's it's that's the only thing they have. It doesn't change the fact that that's still a change, so she's owed uh, severance. So she could potentially be owed human rights damages. She's definitely owed uh, severance based on her age, position, and length of employment. So I would have her give me a call as soon as possible. Let's investigate this further, and let's make sure that she gets every dollar that the law says she should have. one 821 5900 Again, help at employmenthour.com. There has to be a limit how long an employee can be off for medical reasons. Yes, there is a limit, but that limit really has nothing to do so much with time. It has to do more with your uh, likelihood of coming back to work. Right. So you've, if you've been off for so long and now there's really no likelihood of coming back to work, at some point the company can say, okay, enough is enough. This is what we call a frustration of contract. So essentially the employment relationship has come to an end, not because of something that the employee did or the employer did, just this medical condition has intervened. But for the employer to be able to say frustration a contract, two things. Number one, the absence has to be long. Usually we're looking a couple of years or more. But even more important than that, there has to be no likelihood of coming back to work. If you've been off for two years, but there's still a likelihood of coming back to work, it's not frustration of contract. If you've been off for five years and there's a likelihood of coming back to work, it's not frustration of contract. So long absence and no likelihood of coming back to work. At that point, the company may be able to say, you know what? This is a frustration of contract. We're not going to keep your job for you anymore. You've been off too long. You're not coming back. So the relationship is ended. And again, that uh, that has to be backed up by, by by medical documents, right? Like this guy's not coming back. Yeah. And the company yeah. doesn't get to make that call. Right. They don't get to decide whether you're likely to come back or not. They have to ask your doctor for your doctor to say that. So the company may assume, hey, we don't think you're going to come back to work. But no, no, it's not their assumption to make. They can only make that decision if you 
your doctor says so. And if your doctor doesn't say so, the company cannot treat that as a frustration or contract. At that point, it becomes a termination, a wrongful dismissal, and potentially a human rights violation. That's where that phone call comes into play. 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmenthour.com. We'll get to some uh, more emails and we'll wrap up our discussion on uh, frustration of contract. And medical leaves after a short break. This is the Employment Hour and this is Global News Radio. 1-855-821-5900 is the best way to get a hold of Lior. It is help at employmenthour.com. And if you want to find out exactly what your severance should be, there's a very simple tool used by over half a million people, been around for years. It is bulletproof, and it's also free. Best part, severancepaycalculator.com. We're talking about medical leaves and frustration of contract. Um, If it is a frustration of contract uh, situation, does an employee still get severance? So remember, we talked before the break, frustration of contract is a situation where the employee has been off on a medical leave for very long, usually a couple of years or more, and and beyond that, there's no likelihood of coming back to work. At that point, it becomes a frustration of contract. Now, with the frustration of contract, guess what? You still get severance, but you don't get your full severance. You only get your minimum entitlements, which depending on a number of factors is either a week pay or two weeks pay per year of service, but you still get severance. So even when the company can say, yes, this is a frustration of contract, you're not ever going to be able to come back to work again, they still have to pay the employee. Mm-hmm. And for some people, that could be significant. That could be as much as eight months pay, depending on, on, on some situations. Give me a call if that happens. Let me understand, number one, if it is a frustration of contract legitimately, uh, if they decide to, uh, to end the relationship, and number two, that they actually paid you what they owe you. Always call. So if someone's off on a medical leave and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're eventually not going to come back or they're going to get severance where there's frustration of contract, does the length of time on the medical leave, A, add to their severance and B, add to their seniority? So the time that you spend off on a medical leave right. counts towards your seniority. Nice. So whether you were there for a month, a year, five years, that period of time counts towards your seniority, which means it also counts when we calculate your severance. Because remember, one of the factors when assessing severance is the length of your employment. And the, so you may have worked for five years and been off on a medical leave for two years. Well, you're now a seven-year employee. So if we, and when it comes to calculating your severance, we're going to look at you as a seven-year person, and that's what you're going to be owed. So that time counts, John. Good to a couple emails here, but in our last uh, few minutes of, of the show for this hour, Rick says, my employer offered me a promotion, which I rejected because it would be a lot more work. With almost the same pay, not interested. I'm now concerned that they are going to let me go. Can they let me go because I refused that promotion? Well, can they let him go? Well, the answer is yes. Yeah, legally. Well, they can because the company can let you go pretty much for any reason. The real question is can they use that as a way to punish him and say maybe there's cause? Absolutely not. Obviously, for some people, a promotion may be good. For some people, it may not. Either way, you don't have to accept a promotion. Absolutely. Even if it's a great deal, you still don't have to accept it. And if the company decides to let you go, maybe they think, I don't know, you're not a team player, whatever it is, they have to pay you your full severance. So can they let him go because he refused the promotion? Yes, they can, but they cannot in any way deprive him of his full severance based on his age, position, and length of employment. Anything less than that would be a wrongful dismissal. Can Rick try the promotion, try the new job? If he doesn't like it, now nah, I'm going back to what I was doing. Can he do that? I would, if, if he wanted to try it, I would make it clear to the company that that's what he is doing. Again, in writing, like in everything writing. else. 
Because if he does it without saying he's just trying it out and then he says, I'm not going to do it anymore, at that point he becomes a resignation. So if he's only going to do it for a period of time to see how it works out, how how he likes it, how it fits in with his lifestyle, say so. Say, I'm not sure this is for me, but tell you what, I'll try it for a month, see how it goes, and then I'll let you know. And if the company says that's fine, then you can try it out and and, and then you have the right to your old job back. But in writing, always with the company's agreement. Help at employmenthour.com is the email, 1-855-821-5900. Dennis says, I usually work a lot of overtime. Most years, it can be over 500 hours a year. I'm concerned that I'm about to lose my job. Does that overtime count when calculating my severance? What, what a great question. Yeah. And, and some this is a situation where a lot of employers get wrong. A lot of employees are confused about So when it comes to calculating your severance, we look at your average income. Some people have income that varies. Maybe you have commission. Maybe you have overtime. Exactly. So it's not just your base salary. Uh, Some people have a base salary of $30,000, but they make $100,000, including everything. Well, it's that $100,000 that counts towards their severance. So same thing with overtime. If you usually make a certain number of dollars a year in overtime, we can look at an average and we use that figure to calculate your severance. So your overtime does count. Your bonuses do count. Your commissions, your car allowance, all of that has to be included as part of your severance. I'm sure your company won't forget about your salary when it comes to calculating your severance, but they may well conveniently forget about commissions, about overtime, benefits, vacation, etc. None of that is legal. They have to include all of it. And if they don't, again, that's a wrongful dismissal, Johnny. How about commissions that are almost but not yet paid? Well, if you uh, earned the commission, if you've done your part to earn the commission, they just haven't paid it yet because other things need to happen, but your part is done and the company lets you go, they have to pay the commission. As long as your job is done, you did what you needed to do to earn the commission, they have to pay that commission. And not only do they have to pay the commission, that figure is going to be included when we calculate your average income for the purpose of severance. So the company can't find a convenient termination date to avoid paying you money that you've earned. The law doesn't like that. That's considered bad faith. And if the company engages in bad faith conduct, well, there's going to be financial repercussions for that. So if you've earned money, a bonus, a commission, the company has to pay it. And if they don't, call me right away. Yeah, because like a bonus where it's regular, but it's like, oh, look, it was three weeks away. Yeah, let's get let him go before we got to play the bonus. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. not going to happen. The yeah. law's smarter than that. Can you imagine if that was legal? Everyone would, would do that yeah. and people would be uh, in a very difficult situation. So no, the law's smarter than that. If you've earned it, they have to pay it. They cannot find a convenient termination date to avoid paying you something that you've earned. A lot of good stuff on the show today. We'll leave you with some phone numbers and some other contact information. It is 1-855-821-5 900 anytime. Keep that number on your phone. Email is help at employmenthour.com. If you have any other questions, by the way, there's a resource for that called terminationquestions.com. There's usually a drop down of questions that have been asked with answers. You can leave yours there. Lior will get to it, member of his team as well. And always, always, always before signing off and agreeing to any sort of severance offer if it comes about, or if you just want to know what you would be owed if it ever came down the pipe that you got let go, again, severancepaycalculator.com. Always go there first and call when you're done doing that. Till next time, this is the Employment Hour right here on Global News Radio.